0: Good morning, church. Welcome. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to begin our time as we usually do, reading God's Word aloud to each other. We're going to read a little bit longer passage than we usually do this morning. So when you see, we'll trade off. When you see the leader part, I'll read that. And when you see the congregation part, you guys read that out loud. Okay? So this is from Psalm 65, and I'll start us. Praise is rightfully yours, God, in Zion. Vows to you will be fulfilled. All humanity will come to you, the one who hears prayer. Iniquity is overwhelming. Only you can atone for our
1: rebellions. How happy is the one you choose and bring here to live in your courts. We will be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of
0: your temple. You answer us in righteousness with awe-inspiring works, God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the distant seas. You established the mountains by your power. You are robed with strength. Visit the earth and water it abundantly, enriching it greatly. God's stream is filled with water, for you prepare the earth in this way, providing people with grain. You soften it with showers and bless its growth, soaking its furrows and leveling its ridges. Pastures are clothed with flocks and the valleys covered with grain. They shout in triumph. Indeed, they sing. And let's do that together. <laughs>
1: Son, the servant king, who left behind his glorious throne to pay the all ransom
2: for his own.
1: All praise to
2: him
1: who humbly came to bear our sorrow, sin, and shame, who lived to die, who died to rise to be all-sufficient.
0: our praise with our hand claps. He is worthy of all of our praise. He is holy, holy, holy. And that is what we will sing for eternity together. Let's start that now.
3: The reason I left you in Crete was to set right what was left undone, and as I directed you, to appoint elders in every town. An elder must be blameless, the husband of one wife with faithful children who are not accused of wildness or rebellion. As an overseer of God's household, he must be blameless, not arrogant, not hot-tempered, not an excessive drinker, not a bully, not greedy for money but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, righteous, holy, self-controlled, holding to the faithful message as taught, so that he will be able to both encourage with sound teaching and to refute those who contradict it. Let's go ahead and pray. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for what you are doing in the life of our church. We thank you for the men that you are raising up to lead us. And we pray now for your blessing on each of them. We thank you for Al, for Jim, and for Derek. And as we go into this time of of installation, we just pray for your blessing upon them as they walk into these new uh, leadership roles. We pray that as a church that you would use us to encourage them, to obey them, and to be a blessing to them. Lord, please be with us now in this time. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Church nominated, and we as pastors uh, sought the Lord and and, and, uh, grilled these uh, men and then brought back to the church. You guys, again, affirmed overwhelmingly uh, these three men in the role of lay pastor or elder. And so at this time, I'm going to invite... Derek Browning and Heidi, Jim Davis and Lynn. Uh, oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Jamie, thank you. <laughs> uh, Al and Linda Van Dyke, come on up. Just come over. here. this time men uh, we know that this is a calling that each men are taking but supported by their wives and so that's why they're with them today and so men up on the screen you'll see uh, the um, uh, affirmation and vows that you'll be taking and even the answers so uh, you can uh, follow along there but if you would this is your commitment not just uh, to us as a church but to the Lord And so as you would, do so uh, uh, as you take that. Do you reaffirm your faith in Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior? Do you believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be the Word of God, totally trustworthy, fully inspired by the Holy Spirit, the supreme, final, and only infallible rule of faith and practice? Do you sincerely believe the statement of faith and covenant of this church contain the truth taught by the Holy Scriptures? Do you promise that if any time you find yourself out of accord with any of the statements of faith and covenant, you will by your own initiative make known to the pastor and other elders the change that has taken place in your views since your assumption of this vow? Do you subscribe to the government and discipline of Hebrew Baptist Church? Do you promise to submit to your fellow elders in the Lord? Have you been induced, as far as you know, by your own heart to accept the office of elder from love of God and sincere desire to promote his glory and the gospel of his son? Do you promise to be zealous and faithful in promoting the truths of the gospel and purity and peace of the church Whatever persecution or opposition may arise to you on that account. Will you be consistent in your study of the word of God, showing yourself approved and a workman unto God? Will you be a witness by sharing the gospel to those who are unbelievers? Will you refrain from neglecting your family and love your wife as Christ loved the church? Will you be faithful and diligent in the exercise of all your duties as elder, whether personal or relative, private or public? And will you endeavor by the grace of God to adorn the profession of the gospel in your manner of life and to walk with exemplary piety before this congregation? Will you vote in the future to install only men as elders who are truly qualified according to 1 Timothy and Titus? Are you now willing to take personal responsibility in the life of this congregation as an elder to oversee the ministry, the resources of the church, to devote yourself to prayer, the ministry of the word, and shepherding God's flock, relying upon the grace of God in such a way that Hebron Baptist Church and the entire church of Jesus Christ will be blessed. Now, church, this is... uh, commitment to you that you have an agreement that these men have been called as lay pastors and elders so I ask you uh, to uh, agree uh, with we will do you the members of Hebrew Baptist Church acknowledge and publicly receive these men as elders as gifts of Christ to this church will you recognize them as the servant leaders that have been set apart to be trust their leadership and submit as the Bible has called us to submit to those in authority. Well. Will you seek them for counsel and help when their need arises and accept their help and prayerful con- prayerfully consider their input and suggestions? Well. Will you direct others in the body to them in times of conflict or trouble? Well. Will you join them, the deacons and staff, in maintaining and protecting unity? By forgiving one another and by following the principles of Matthew 18 and going to one another to resolve conflicts. Will you pray for these men, their ministries, and their families, asking God to protect them and to care for them both physically and spiritually? Will you encourage them and their families knowing that the ministry of which they are called will bring trying times and tough situations? And will you love them and work together with them humbly and cheerfully, that by the grace of God you may accomplish the mission of the church, giving them all due the honor and support in their leadership, to which the Lord has called them to the glory and honor of God. At this time, if you are ordained deacon or pastor, we ask you to come forward and, uh, men, if you could just kind of let's get the men kind of here in the middle and then the women can kind of come there at the behind them and then men if you could come and lay a hand on these men Heavenly Father we thank you for this precious gift of men who have been gifted and Called to serve our church. We are thankful for their love for you, for their salvation, for their love for their families, for their commitment to this church, for their exemplary lifestyle in which they already have lived. Lord, we pray as they come to serve this church, God, may we uh, uh, encourage them, bless them, and Lord, in turn, for your glory and honors. Would you please use them to help us fulfill the Great Commission here in Northern Kentucky and to the world? May they encourage us. May they share the gospel. May they raise up disciples. May they raise up other elders. May they uh, see this church grow faithful, mature, and holy. And may they also lead us to be faithful in being a lighthouse to the lost world in this community and uh, around the globe. We're thankful for them. Now, Lord, we, as this church, now put them in this place because you have called them and and confirmed within us uh, what you have done in their lives, how they've gifted us. And now, Lord, we are thankful for this gift of their leadership. Uh, Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's be thankful for these men. y'all stay right here for just a second So let me do this for Jamie and Linda and Heidi we're thankful for you all's service and giving us your husbands to serve our church family and the blessing that you all are to us and so we honor you all as well and for you men, you have more work to do, so I'm giving y'all books. <laughs> By the way, they, they have already done a lot of reading, and the Lord's already blessed them, but we are thankful for, the, for what God's done in their lives. So let's again honor them. And at the end of the service, if y'all would come back up so the church could greet y'all, but y'all can go be seated now as we continue worship.
0: The song that we're going to sing in a few moments is uh, the, the, the chorus, If Ever I Love Thee, My Jesus Tis Now. And if in, the mo- in a moment where he, is, he has given us the gift of elders, he's given us the gift of salvation, he's given us the gift of fellowship and the spirit and holiness, let's bring praise back to him because he's worthy. Let's stand together and sing this. loved him it is now amen amen let's continue our worship together and let's make this our prayer as we go into a time of hearing from god's word that he would lead us to christ's heart
4: chapter 4 and verse 10. We'll actually start in verse 7 just to kind of give a context and we're gonna focus on verse 10 and 11. If you're here today, maybe you've been sick or maybe you've just joined us today and visiting us today. Today is the uh, last in our series of All In. Over the last five or so weeks that we've been looking and being challenged by God's Word of what it looks like, what it means to be All In as a Christian, all in as a believer, all in as a follower, and all in as a faithful church member in different areas of our life. We've looked at what it's called that that we are to take up our cross and follow him, that we're to be all in on evangelism, all in on discipleship, uh, that we're to be all in on giving. And today we're going to look at all in on serving so first peter chapter 4 that's page 1077 in the pew bible in front of you if you want to use that translation 1077 again we're going to begin in verse 7 and then we're going to focus on 10 and 11 in this text the end of all things is near therefore be alert and sober minded for prayer above all maintain constant love for one another since love covers a multitude of sins be hospitable to one another without complaining just as each one has received a gift use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God if anyone speaks let it be as one who speaks God's words if anyone serves let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything to him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for what you're doing in the life of Hebrew Baptist Church as people turned to the word and And ask you, Lord, what is my next step? Where can I be more faithful? Where can I be a more faithful follower? And Lord, we know as we gather in this place, you are our focus. And today, Lord, we come expectantly wanting to hear from you. Your words are truth. Your words are life. And Lord, as we examine this this text today, may you change us. May you change our hearts. May we never be the same again. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I am wearing red today, not in honor of the Chiefs last week. If I were to be thinking honestly inside my heart, I would be wearing black mourning the loss of my Eagles last week, but we know that the Super Bowl was played last week and so as I've tried to disconnect that uh, from my heart and my mind and tried to fill with other things to not go into uh, crying fits uh, I do know that the, the Super Bowl was what was designed to rule find out who is the champion of football who is the best I mean they have designed it so that that there is at the end of the season, that there is no doubt who the best of the best are. What is the over time? Who are the best franchise? Who is the the best coach? Who is the best uh, uh, the best players? All of these are are designed to come out of the result of the Super Bowl. Well, ask. Let's ask this question. What defines the best Christian? Well, is it how many theology books we've read? And this might recall some of you back in the old day of Bible drill. Uh, some of you remember what Bible drill was. You'd call out a, a scripture and boom, you have to who's the quickest draw to, to find it? Maybe that's the best way to find the best Christian. Maybe it's the one who's attended the most conference or, the people who have, who have uh, filled the most uh, roles uh, at the end of their life. The goodest person, so to speak. What is the definition? How do we find the best Christian? Well, Jesus arrived, and when the whole world looks at defining the best, the one who passes over each other, fights to the top, comes to the beginning... Jesus turned the world upside down when he said that the last shall be first. And the best of you, or the greatest of you, is the servants of all. Jesus, in other words, said that this phrase, that who is the greatest among you, is the servant of all, may be to be considered by Jesus, that be great in Jesus' eyes, is that you serve everyone. So we must be all in on serving. But why do we struggle with this? Why does every church have such a difficult time finding volunteers? Every church. Why do we have in marriages where we struggle with, where one spouse or both spouses struggle To serve the other. Why do we cringe when someone asks us to help? Because service is not natural to our our sinful hearts. Because we are self serving above all, sinful above all. We look at what is best for us above all, but in Christ, through Christ, we have been changed because we see his great example in giving his self for us, in serving us, and in the same way, dying for our sins. And through that, we understand that the greatest among us are servants. And service, service therefore, must be a priority in our lives. Peter writes in this letter, to Christians who are suffering. His premise is to write to Christians who are living in what would be early first century that are under persecution, and he's saying, endure, carry on, keep the faith. You are suffering, but every Christian if they are faithful to living for Jesus, will suffer persecution. So I'm here to encourage you, brother or sister, carry on, endure. And all throughout the book, he talks about how we must endure, how we must live. And just in this little paragraph, he, he throws out a couple of quick things to remind us. Things and topics and that he had already kind of expounded, but he came back to them to remind us to be sober-minded in prayer, to be consistent in love, hospitable to strangers. And finally, in verses 10 through 11, he says, be servants to others. Use your gifts to serve others. Peter made it clear that we should be all in on serving using our gifts to serve other people, to serve in the church. When we read this text, we don't have to ask, should we serve? We ask, where should we be serving? Well, as we look at these two verses, I want to bring out that I believe that Peter has wrote three truths, or actually four truths about serving, four truths About serving. So if you're taking notes on your bulletin or in your phone, number one, we must be all in on serving because each of us have a gift. We must be all in on serving because each of us have a gift. Now let me just consider something for a second. Let's just say that one of our greeters uh, comes to the back and says, Hey, uh, can I have your attention? We have someone having. Issues with their battery in the car outside. Does anyone have a jumper or a battery charger? Now, we know that some of us do, some of us don't. Some of us might have them and not know how to use them. Uh, some we have a lot of different ver- variety of of people in here. But if we all kind of went, hmm, cricket, 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 you know, we didn't. Nobody said, "Oh, I'll come help," or. I can use this or I've got it in my trunk. We would think that's pretty selfish. Or 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 if the greeter came in and even more uh, even more of an emergency, they came in and said, is there a, a doctor or someone with medical experience? We have someone who's who's hurting out here. And maybe you're a nurse, or maybe you are a doctor, or maybe you're an EMT, or maybe you've you've taken some first aid class and you're just you don't, nobody moves, nobody says a word, nobody jumps up to help. We would all agree that that's pretty selfish. But what we read in the scripture is that God has given us all a gift and that it's pretty selfish if we don't use them when there is a need. We must be serving because all of us have a gift. We might not all have battery jumpers in our you know, uh, car, jumpers in our, uh, in our car for somebody else. We might not all be medical experts, but God has gifted every person in this room. If you don't think so, if you, let, me, let me just, if, you want, if you're unclear, who has a gift in this room? If you have a phone, turn it on selfie mode and what the picture you see looking back of you is is the answer. All of us have a gift given by the Lord to serve others. Peter speaks and says, every Christian uh, must not be elite believers or church officers. Instead, all, he says, each one has received a gift. Use it to serve others. God's gifts are gracious in two tenses, in two ways. They are given widely and freely. God gives them freely. And two, they're bestowed upon us by no human merit. And therefore, if they are gifts to us that God has given us, we are not to withhold them as a blessing only to us because God has given them to us to bless others. And there's two categories that Peter uses to examine or to highlight the gifts that God has given the church. And the first one, God is gifted with teaching. Now, we have seen an example of that this morning. We have uh, installed three elders whose primary role or primary gift should be and is teaching. And he uses this example when he talks about those who are able to teach to speak God's word. And we know this, this is important, that God has gifted every church with those who are gifted with teaching, with leadership, to be helpful, to help us understand the scriptures, to help us to stay faithful to scriptures. Just two different ones. First Timothy 5.17, the elders who are good leaders are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. In Hebrews 13.17, obey your leaders and submit to them since they keep watch over your souls as those who give an account so that they can do this with joy and with not grief, for that would be unprofitable. For you. We see in the scriptures that God has gifted us with pastors and elders so that we might be encouraged in the word to live for Him. But not only that, God has given us teachers. We have excellent leaders of our life group, people in our D group who will sit across the table and, and walk through scriptures with one another. Brother and sister, here's the reality God's word has come to you so that you might give it to others. All of us, in some capacity, we might not be elders, we might not be teachers, we might not be uh, uh, gifted in a particular way, but we know that God has given us his Bible as a gift through the Spirit, and he's given us all the Spirit of God that we should be able to sit down and sit across from someone and explain the gospel, to explain the scriptures, and to hold each other accountable to God's word. And that is a gift all of us in some way possess. And therefore, we must be faithful to speak God's word when it's easy and when it's hard. You all, or we all have Christians, friends who need someone to speak the word to them. I was reminded this week of someone who did not know the gospel, but they had Christian friends who pursued them and kept going after them, and the Lord worked on them because they did not hold the gospel or the Bible to themselves. They knew it was to be handed out. We understand that that's one way that the Lord has gifted us, but also Peter says uh, in verse uh, 10, he says, if anyone speaks, let their... uh, Excuse me, verse 11. If anyone speaks, let it be speaks God's word. If anyone serves, let it be the strength that God provides. So this other term is all sorts of service. And this matches up with what the scriptures teach us that every one of us has been given some gift to bless each other and bless the church. If I look at our church, I am amazed at the gifts that God has placed in Hebrew Baptist Church. And guess what? They're not all in one person. They're in every person who make up the body of Christ. we were reminded of that in Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. Now, as many have parts in one body, and all the parts do do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. That means we've all been gifted to bless each other and the church in some way. Some have been gifted with leadership. Some have been gifted with financial understanding. Some have been given music ability. Some have been given a gift of discipling kids. Some have been given the gift of hospitality. Some have have, uh, been given the gift to work with their hands. There are so many ways each of us have been gifted for the good of all of us. And therefore, we need to use the gifts God has given us. Let me ask you, brother or sister, what gifting are you withholding from the body and the church right now? Are you gifted in computers that you could help with a computer project? Are you gifted in music, but you're sitting silently in the back? Are you hospitable but you're not inviting uh, friends or or not helping with greeting what gifting are you withholding that God has given you for the rest of the church do you have a natural inclination to bless children do you have a, a gifting of talking and serving senior adults what are you doing withholding from the body some reason there are many of us who are using a myriad of excuses to not serve but brother and sister you have been gifted by God for the body of Christ and you are hurting the church by not serving and God has given each of us something to bless someone else with and we must serve the church with the gift he's given us number two we must all be all in on serving to show love to others in the church we must be all in on serving to, be, to show love to others in the church when Peter said that there was a gift given to each person it was to not be withheld for what reason verse 10 use it to what keep to yourself Uh, store in a trophy case, uh, write about it one day, but never use it? No, use it to serve others. And in doing this, it is an actionable form of love. Peter had taught over and over again through his letter that a major aspect as living as sojourners strangers and aliens in this world is to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. That it is a key character of brothers and sisters in Christ that we know that we know Christ because we love. The world knows we know Christ because we love each other. That all of this is love that we show to each other. Look at this three different times. 1 Peter two seventeen. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the Emperor. First Peter 3 8. Finally, all of you be like-minded and sympathetic. Love one another and be compassionate and humble. Earlier I read in First Peter four eight above all, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Love means not living for oneself. It is giving of oneself. Loving is a feeling, but it's way more than a feeling. It is a chosen as a a child of God to serve and actually love someone in the name of Jesus. The world knows that we are Jesus' disciples By the way that we love one another and serving one another with the gift he's given us is a way that we love. This week, there was a very busy week in the Dobbins household. You throw in Valentine's Day and all sorts of other things going on. It was just super busy. And there was just particular, I'm just gonna give you just a a snapshot. One day, I had a meeting at 10 a.m. at, um, let's see, 10 a.m., 12 p.m., 6 p.m., and 7 p.m. That was one day. And it just, just happened to be a busy day, and we had you know, homework in between and running and picking up from archery in between and all this stuff. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm just going to brag, just because I can. Y'all have to sit there and listen to me. I'm just going to brag. My wife was the most awesome wife. She did things that made that day so much easier for me. And I'm not going to go through the list, but I'm going to just tell you, there are things that she did that took so much pressure off of me that at the end of the day, that I was in tears thanking her for how good she is to me. And let me just tell you this, that that her action of love and serving me that day was greater than any whispered I love you And certainly more memorable than any Valentine's Day card. Because love and service, you feel and you see. And in the same way, we understand love when we use our gifts for other people. Brothers and sisters, when we serve in the church and we serve each other, we are showing the highest form of love. Love is an action. And brothers and sisters, when you withhold service, you are withholding love. And when you serve, you are a reverberation of love that echoes in the hearts of people and into the lost world. So we need to use our gifts to serve and love others. Brothers and sisters, I've been recipients of love in this church and many different forms. When I've had surgery or when we've had a child, we've had people bring us food. When uh, you've had people come alongside you to use their gifts every Sunday, we see people use their gifts of hospitality and music, and we see that, and we know that they love us and they love our church because we see them serving. And Brother or sister, our role of using our gifts and serving is just not just completing an objective it's an act of love so serve and love one another display the love of christ by using the gifts he's given and use love as the fuel for your service number three we must be all in on serving because we are stewards of god's gift We must be all in on serving because we are stewards in God's gift. You see, when we, uh, for the second grouping, Peter uses this first century household word, steward. He says, as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Now, we talked about this last week. A lot about the stewards of the finances that God has given us. Well, in the same way, we are stewards of the gifts and our time that the Lord has given us. And to not use these gifts is not being good stewards of the gifts or of the kingdom. But we're stewards where they were household managers that ran the home, made it, made it run smoothly, keep, kept everything together, but they were answerable to the master and they were answerable to how they used the gift or kept things in order. And the reality is, some of us are being bad stewards of our gifts. And gifts are something that God has given us that we do not deserve and is for someone else. But the Lord is clear, if you don't use that gift, you may lose it. And if you don't use that gift, he's certainly not going to give you any more. Christ taught that God wants his people, his followers, to be stewards of the grace he bestows. In one of the parables of the talents, he talks about, he gave out talents to different people and different different servants. And if you recall, Jesus' answer to the ones who did the most with those talents was this. He said, the master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in your master's joy. Brother and sister, let me ask you this morning. Are you hoarding God's gifts or are you stewarding God's gifts? Are you using God's gifts the way that God wants you to? Or are you keeping them in a trophy case that you can come around and point to every now and again and brag about. Well, what does it say? We're not bragging about ourselves, we're bragging about God, the one who gave those gifts to us. And he, the master, has told us to use it for others. So when it comes to serving, we must not be on the sideline. Instead, we should be using our gifts for others within the church. Many of you have taken our new members class the book that we read in there, Tom Rainer writes, one of the ongoing questions you should ask yourself and God in prayer is, how can I best serve my church? You should never ask yourself if I should be serving. If you're a member, you must be a functioning member. It's just that simple. brother and sister, being a good steward is truly being just a functioning Servant of the Lord using your gift for the church and I encourage you to be a good steward to not withhold not sit back but to use it for the good of God because number four we must be all in on serving for the glory of God remember we are not to make a lot of ourselves we are to be making much of God as a matter of fact if we're using our gifts in the opposite way we can be wrong, sinfully, not using our gifts, but on the other side, we could be using our gifts to get ourselves glory. But the Bible's saying that, no, these gifts are given to make much of Him. Verse 11, if anyone serves, that it be the strength that God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To Him be glory and honor forever and ever. And everybody said, amen. And in the same way, we should be serving God, bringing glory to Him, using the gifts that He's given us. Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, in other words, everything that God has given you, all the mercy and grace and gift and forgiveness and new life in Christ, and all of the things that you've been given, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true worship. God and His kind nature has even created us. Just the fact that He's created us for relationship should overwhelm us with gratitude. The fact that He then went further and us as creation rejected and rebelled against him and he instead did not just put us away but instead sacrificed his son so that we might be restored to him it is in this grace and goodness of the gifts that he has given us through salvation and then even further given us spiritual gifts that we can bless other people with oh brother and sister oh what a blessing it is that we can bring glory and honor to God, that we can be a display of his wonder to the world, that we can bring even more glory to what his name and fame is, that we display the willingness of Christ, that Christ, who did not consider himself worthy, but instead made himself a bondservant, obedient to even the point of death, yes, death on the cross, that we should be like him. And because of this, it even says all glory and honor forever and ever be to God. Brothers and sisters, we need to be all in on serving for the glory of God. We prayed and we planned and we talked about what the values we should have as a church. We see this as the utmost of the being. We glorify God in several attitudes and actions that we do. And what do we glorify God? Well, we do one of our values is sacrificial giving, that we willfully give surrendering our time and talent and our treasure to the cause of Christ. Brother and sister, for the glory and honor of God, for the gratitude that we have for Him, for the ability to love others, because each of you have a gift. may we be all in on serving. So let me just ask you to consider these things as you're praying and thinking through these things. What, is there a role that I am gifted at and can serve? Is there a role that you're gifted at that you could serve? Is there a ministry assignment that excites you that is not being filled right now? Is there a need that maybe is not my gifting, but I could sacrificially fill it right now because I know that I need to serve others? Is there an office or mission that the Lord wants me to aspire to serve? These are things for you to consider and think about as you respond to God and His Word. Now today most of you adults, I believe, were handed a form about serving. Now, we handed this out because the deacons are now responsible for how they can help you serve and, and plug in to serve. And one of the things we've learned is we just don't really have a great about data, database of who's serving and what's serving and how we can plug into people in serving. And so one of the ways that you can help us is filling out this form that we handed out today. Now, they were told me when I made it out, I made a big blundering area, era. You probably see that already. Uh, there's no place for a name. So a uh, first thing that you should do is put your name, an email, and a phone number that we can kind of plug into some information. So do that first, but then give us an account of where you're serving already. How are you serving? Just so we can have a, a, a record of that. But then think about ways that you can serve on that bottom part. If you need some help on the back side, there are areas that you can uh, write down or think through. And turn that in before you leave today. We'd love to have that as, a, as an action uh, to serve. If you don't have one, Brother Ron has one out there. But we, in the back, we just encourage you for the glory of God and for the love of each other. Would you be challenged to serve? Would you be all in on serving today? As our last Sunday, think about the things that we've talked about. What is God calling you to be? All in, dying to self. All in for discipleship. Are you in a life group and d-group? Are you all in for evangelism? Are you all in... Forgiving, are you all in for serving? Brothers and sisters, God is calling us to be all in. And I pray by God's grace, his gifting, and by his help alone, that God would help us to be all in. And I look forward to seeing what God will do through all of us as we are all in for him at Hebrew Baptist Church. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, this reminder of Scripture that we have been called to serve in a way that loves others, that displays your glory because you have gifted us. Lord, I pray that you would help us and find us faithful. And Lord, I pray this morning that if there's someone here that does not know you, that they would be cut to the heart, that Lord, you'd give them a heart of flesh from a heart of stone, that you by the Spirit would call them into your family, that they would see a God who loves them, who sits their son, his son to die for them so that they might be forgiven and restored forever and ever. This good news of Jesus Christ is what saves. And we pray that they are saved today. In Jesus'
0: name, amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and respond in faith. Make this our prayer that Christ, the vision of Christ will be before us. My Be thou my vision, O
1: Lord of my heart.
0: know about a need that has come to our attention in our partner church, Redeeming Life in Salt Lake City. Pastor Brian, a few months ago, uh, reached out to me and asked if we would consider um, ho- sending a team to help them with an event this summer, an event that they did last year with huge success called Fueled Up Families, which is very much like a vacation Bible school, um, and, but it includes a component for the parents and for the families to spend time together. And so he asked, knowing where we are as a church, that we might be able to provide some uh, team members that would consist of maybe parents who have already raised godly children. Hey church, I wanted to let you guys know about... Hey church, I wanted to let you guys know about a need that has come to our attention in our partner church, Redeeming Life in Salt Lake City. Pastor Brian, a few months ago, uh, reached out. Hey church, I wanted to let you guys know about a need that has come to our attention in our partner church, Redeeming Life in Salt Lake City. Pastor Brian, a few months ago, uh, reached out to me and asked if we would consider um, sending a team to help them with an event this summer, an event that they did last year with huge success called Fueled Up Families, which is very much like a vacation Bible school, um, but it includes a component for the parents and for the families to spend time together. And so he asked, knowing where we are as a church, that we might be able to provide some uh, team members that would consist of maybe parents who have already raised godly children, families who are currently raising godly children, uh, or individuals who can help with teaching lessons or crowd control, just like a regular VBS. And so what I would like to propose is that we send a team of people from Hebrew Baptist Church to Salt Lake at the end of July. That event takes place the week of July 24th to the 30th, so that's when our trip would be. A trip would cost $1,400 per person, which includes flights, lodging, and food. Now, I just want to remind you, Pastor Brian says this pretty often. If we looked at the city of Salt Lake like a missionary, we would see what looks very much like an unbeached people group if it were anywhere else in the world. We normally qualify an unreached people group as a people group for whom there is less than two percent evangelical Christians, and the truth is that that is that is certainly the case in Salt Lake City. As a matter of fact, the gospel has actually never fully gotten there. Um, it was preceded by a false gospel, and there's never been a large enough gospel witness to produce indigenous church planting. Movements. So what Pastor Brian and Redeeming Life Church are doing is very much like what we would see in in the majority world among unreached people groups. As you consider how you might be a part of this trip, I want to ask three things of you. First, pray. Pray that God would call out team members, that God would make the way straight for our team, and that God would call you to engage in this work. Secondly, give. Due to considerable budget reductions, we can no longer subsidize anyone's cost from budget alone. Maybe you can't go on a trip like this, but you can give. Let me challenge you to find someone you think should go and offer to pay their way. Certainly, talk to me if you, think, if you can't think of anyone, but think how powerful a call that would be for you to approach someone and say, I really believe you should go on this trip, so much so that I want to pay your way to go. Thirdly, consider going yourself. Consider making a sacrifice of vacation time and money to be a part of reaching the lost in Salt Lake City with the gospel. We can use individuals, we can use couples, and we can use families for this team. No, I need to finalize this team by March, so please let me know if you, soon if you're interested. Please don't let money alone be the reason you miss out on this call. I'm confident that God will provide the means if you will be faithful to answer this call. We'll begin raising funds as soon as we can finalize a team. So I hope you'll be a part. Thanks
4: Here at Hebrew Baptist Church, we pray that you'll answer that call to fulfill the need. Uh, in Salt Lake City so we hope that you'll be praying about that Whether you can both pray for the team but give and go to that so we're excited about what God will do through us to help our sister church redeeming life in Salt Lake City Uh, if you're a guest thank you for being here we hope that you come back and take that next step in Christ one next step that you can take is by joining a life group or a d group you can find out more about that in the next steps uh, desk through the double doors and to the immediate left. Uh, life groups meet on Sunday morning they meet every almost every day of the week so you can find something and a group of Christians to help encourage you and so we hope that you'll do that. Take that connect card if this is your first time with us today and go to the fir- that next steps desk and receive your gift. Uh, for being with us today. We're glad that you were here worshiping Christ with us. In just a few minutes, if you want to prepare, we're going to have seconds, really, uh, to take an offering. So if you want to prepare for that, you can do so. Uh, But also in the pew in front of you, there's QR codes that you can use to scan and give electronically if you don't have cash on you or other things. Uh, But those are some things that you can do. A couple quick reminders before we go. Next Sunday, we're going to continue to have uh, a very important uh, it seems like every week's an important week and a, an eventful week here at Hebron Baptist Church. Next week we'll be having the Lord's Supper together, and then also we're going to be having a fellowship meal, where we're, yes, we're we are having the uh, Southern Baptist National Bird Fried Chicken to eat. We're going to have some mashed potatoes and rolls, but you all provide the sides and the desserts. So please come next Sunday, bring something to share, and uh, we look for having fellowship, especially if you're newer. Uh, this is a, a wonderful opportunity to meet uh, church church members here at Hebron Baptist Church. And again, there's a reminder that uh, Crossroads uh, Preschool that meets here at our church uh, that they have priority registration for church members, and it's available Thursday, February 23rd through the 26th. And all you have to do is contact Terry Bungenstock for that. We've already filled in our paperwork secretly for, for uh, Parker. So he's ready to go and start preschool in the fall. So pray for his teacher. Let's just do that. <laughs> well, we know we're called to give, so we ask you to be faithful as we come to a time of giving, worship through giving. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity, the provisions, and the ways for us to be blessed. You have given us... Uh, gifts to help provide for us through our work and through our jobs. You've provided us uh, the way to provide for our family. But Lord, we know it all comes from you. And in all things we know that it's all yours. And so you call us to give a portion a tithe back. So Lord, as we have given worship through song, through prayer, through the word, may we worship as we give. And Lord, all of this we know goes to support sister churches like Redeeming Life, to scholarship people on missions, And, Lord, we are so thankful for that. And so, Lord, use the gifts that we give uh, to enhance and continue your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.